This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to Boomsies, the first ever Boomsies episode. I'm Dan O'Toole. Uh, We did a trailer episode, which was like a 10-minute, 15-minute podcast, because you have to put one of those out to get on all the streaming platforms, all the podcast streamers. They want to give it a listen to make sure you just aren't like uh, farting. But they'd probably approve that too. I'd listen to 15 minutes of... I think we're on to something. That's the... um, That could be boomsies too. You could call a fart a boomsies. Oh, that is a big boomsies. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for um, playing along. This podcast is uh, going to be all about NFTs. It's not. I'm trying. All you NFT people, I'm really trying, but it's making no sense to me. So you buy something, a picture of it, you've got the only picture, and then what do you do? And then I read something. of NFTs will be worth nothing. So I'm like, well, how do you find the 5%? Anyway, so once you figure that out, get it to me and then I'll get it to everyone else. And then the metaverse, we're all just going to never leave our homes and communicate with avatars. It's kind of what we're doing now. Well, at least in Ontario. I don't know where you live in this great world of ours or this great country if you're only listening in Canada. But we're in a lockdown. You can leave your house, but uh, it just never ends. It's uh, This kind of feels like the first day of school. I was nervous. Nervous last night. Thinking what I, what I didn't say. And I thought back to my actual school, uh, where it was a three-room schoolhouse from grades one to eight. There was 60 kids. I was in a class of four people. I was the only guy. And (laughs) they were smart. They were smart uh, little ladies. And they they got moved into advanced learning. So (laughs) they kind of said to me, they're like, I guess we can't leave him behind. So just bring him along. So that's how you do it. You tag along because no students left behind at Assumption. And then when I got to grade six, they're like, uh, someone showed up one day. They're like, why is this school operating? You're shut down. I was like, well, what? They're like, There's, does anyone know this school is operating right now? 
because you're done. You're done. And then they closed our school down. And then we dispersed to, to other schools. So that's kind of explains how uh, I got to be the way I am. The one great thing, though, well, there was a lot of great things about going to a school with barely anyone in it. Um, I believe like 90% of the classes were outside during the summer. Because I always ask my kids, I'm like, hey, did you get to go outside for a class today? They're like, no, we aren't in Little House on the Prairie. Oh, Michael Landon, though. Man, I dial that up on Vision Network. I cry every episode. Something happens. Michael always saves the day. So, uh, yeah, that we just go outside a lot. And um, my one teacher, Claire Leahy, uh, fastball uh, pitcher from Peterborough, Ontario. He's in the Peterborough Hall of Fame. He'd just say, yeah, let's go play floor hockey. Let's go play baseball. Let's just go run around. I'm like, that's how you teach kids. We all turned out okay. <laughs> I mentioned on our uh, trial podcast, our preview podcast, by the way, I have a really squeaky chair. If we can get some WD-40 here. And I've got a cat in a drawer. Ron the cat is sitting in a drawer next to me. I feel like Dr. Evil just petting him here. One million dollars. It's a great movie. Um, I, I mentioned how we have a crew. It's time to meet those people because I really tease this. Uh, two gentlemen will be uh, helping me with this podcast. Uh, one I mentioned I've worked with since 2002. So uh, I was working in Vancouver at, uh, it was CKVU and then City TV. They called me up. They said, hey, we want you to work at TSN. I said, no. And then they said, no, we want you to. I'm like, ah, I do the six o'clock sports here. And then I go out uh, with my buddies and I rollerblade all day. And it's awesome. They're like, but it's TSN. I'm like, I'm good. Anyway, I eventually said yes. And um, this guy was one of my producers from day one. And then he went on to uh, L.A. with Jay and I. Um, I mentioned when we were getting this podcast together, uh, I was asked who, who do you want to produce it? And I'm like, well, I don't want to be surrounded by yes men, but I also don't want to be surrounded by this guy because we go six months at a time and don't speak, but you need someone like that. Someone you don't speak to. And that man is producer Tim. Welcome producer Tim. All right. Great input. Oh, God. You had one job. Say, can we get some WD-40 down here? I'm going to seriously. Uh, we've got WD-40 upstairs. Um, maybe I have to go get some here. Um, so Tim's part of this podcast. He's bringing his, uh, his energy, his zest for life into your ear holes and our other producer I worked with at TSN. He worked on uh, our last show. I mentioned how he said, Dan, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing a podcast. He says, I want to be a part of it. I'm like, you have a job. He goes, I want to be with you. I'm like, that's a guy I want in my corner. Andrew Zorich. Zorich. Oh man, I screwed up your name. Andrew Zorich. Z money. Welcome. 
the pride of Oshawa, Ontario. Thanks and glasses. So that's our crew. Just the three of us. We can make it three of us. So all questions, concerns can be sent to them. They're the Boomsies boys. I've heard about you guys. The Boomsy boys. They went boom, boom in their pants. Adult diapers would be a great sponsor for this. You take a Boomsies in your pants? The Boomsies boys got you covered. Uh, so we did it. I'm broadcasting again. Um, and hello, lawyers. Ah. There are a lot of lawyers listening to this podcast. They get to bill for listening to this. Um, because I, I have documents I signed. I said, you can't say things. And I said, oh, for like what? Six months? They're like, no, for life. Like, what? Who agreed to this? So am I on my deathbed? And a lawyer's standing there. Now, don't say it. I'm like, but I don't say it. So hello, lawyers. I'm going to make this really long so that you can bill a long time. Um, I asked my daughters. I said, hey, what, what can I talk about in this podcast? Anything off limits? And this is what my oldest daughter, Sydney, actually said. Dad, I don't think my friends are going to be listening to your podcast. <laughs> that was a that was a shot to the heart and I'm to blame thinking kids would listen your kids can listen producer Tim pulled me aside uh, before this one he said Dan you want this to be clean I said uh, yeah I, I want to be driving around listening with my kids I want you to be able to drive around and listen with your kids. Don't have to worry. We won't be talking about Kodak Black. And I'm not going to be a guy who's sitting here, who's Kodak Black? He's a singer. We set a Panthers game. And there was people dancing in a suite, as they should. They were adults. Let Kodak Black be Kodak Black. You do you. Uh, so how did I end up here in my basement? Well, I live here. One of the reasons. Um, I got fired. Uh, you're done. My, my, uh, my one daughter, Ruby. She is so upset that she gave me that term. She's like, why did I ever say that around to you? Because she always watches her and goes, you're done. But she also says, you're mom. And I'm like, but when you say that, you're saying that about your grandma. That's my mom, your grandma. So keep that in mind, kid. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, I was a uh, broadcaster from what? 20, 1997 to 2021. That's 24 years. I did the math for you. And uh, so I always got uh, messages. Thank you for all the messages uh, from the bottom of my heart. People reached out every day, said, hey, can't wait to see you again. Hope you're doing well. And I felt that. Um, I'd run into people on the street and they'd say, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing good. And 
they would actually say, no, how are you doing? And I'm like, you know what? I'm actually doing great. Thanks for asking. And they, they'd ask what I was up to, if I had calls from anyone. And then I reminded them, um, there are two employers for my position in this country. I was fired by one of them. So let's total up how many calls? Zero. Zero calls. A phony, not ringy. Oh, no. They're like, and the people are like, well, why didn't you call people? I'm like, I repeat, there are two employers in this country for people with my job. It's a very specialized job. So, um, yeah, I didn't have to spend much time on the phone. There's, there's a positive. Always uh, drive positives when you can. Um, I admit it was a, it was a kick in the balls. Um, reason being, reason being, we, uh, we had something, um, Jay and I, um, I do have to admit though, like, uh, so Jay and I, we did our podcast tour where we went to Western Canada. This is just before the pandemic, um, played to theaters and stuff. And it was awesome. We played old clips and. And Jay and I cringe when we watch our old stuff. Like it, like it's cringeworthy. I didn't know what I was doing. Jay carried the entire show. I was just like, I look at it. I'm like, what, what was I thinking half the time? And then we kind of finally figured it out just by doing the show every single night. Uh, we laughed at the same stuff. And one of our truly bonding experience is truly bonding experiences was Tim and Eric, uh, two comedians. Um, they did 15 minute shows. And if you look at their old stuff, it is amazing. So we bonded over Tim and Eric and we just laughed our asses off. And then, um, we, we tried to bring that kind of humor to the show. And then when, when we went to Fox, we had a producer for every segment there that we did three hour shows. One night I counted, we were on for 10 minutes. So it never really got off the ground there. They treated us amazing. I wouldn't trade our experience uh, with Fox for anything. Met lifelong friends. Our best work we ever did there was probably when we went to the Sochi Olympics and we um, got to kind of just do our own thing. And that, that stuff is what we're most proud of. We, we played those clips when we did the podcast tour. And then we came back uh, to TSN in 2017. That's actually when I got this house. First person in the history of the world. I'm going to say it right here. I'm the first person in the history of the world to move from Marina Del Rey, California to Orono, Ontario. Uh, so when we came back, here's the thing. When here's the thing. When you're in media, you're always gonna have someone that hates you because you're on TV, and they're like, "F that guy, hate him." Even when I sent out the preview clip, people showed up in my timeline. I focus on those people. They're like, "Yeah, f this guy." I'm like, "Hey, I don't know what's wrong in your life." If I didn't like someone, like there are shows I don't like or actors I don't like 
I would never in my life think of reaching out and saying, you suck. Or something went wrong in someone's life saying, yeah, what about that DUI? Hey, what about that charge you got when you were 16? Why? Like, why bring that into someone's life? Like, if you don't like them, just go the other way. Anyway, so these people would say, like, you guys try too hard. Your old stuff's better. And I'm like, no, you're incorrect. Um, first off, we never tried hard in any aspect of our show. But the last four years, and I, I won't speak for Jay, but I kind of will. Those are my favorite four years of our work together. Um, I'm basing that on my biggest critic, and that critic is myself. I laughed the hardest I've ever laughed. Tears in my eyes at least once a show. Um, Jay crying. Jay like, like it was just amazing. Um, even our bad stuff made us laugh. Like we'd do skits. Andrew was part of them and it'd just be like horrible. But the, it was so bad that it made us laugh. And that's why we went to work every night to laugh, to make each other laugh. Um, it was our best product. And then, uh, and then one day they said, you're fired. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Tim got fired the same day. Woke up to an email, said, you're wanted on a business conference call. And I'm like, oh, I'm part of a business plan. And that business plan was, you're done. Am I allowed to, let me check the sheets here. Am I allowed to say I was fired? Uh, no. Okay. So I forget the name of the company though. What was the, what was the name of that place I worked? Um, I think they sell toasters. It'll come to me. Um, I wasn't fired. I was allowed to pursue other opportunities. That's what happened. Uh, do I miss it? Yeah, I miss uh, hanging out with Jay every night. Uh, I miss laughing my ass off. I miss uh, all that crap, being creative. Um, do I miss getting home at 2 a.m. every night? Never tucking my kids in? Being tired at all hours of the day because you worked the night shift for 20 years? Did anyone talk about shift work? How that like melts your brain? Uh, no, I don't miss that. I. I love being in bed at like 10, 11 at night now. And just like, so yeah, I don't miss that part of it. Um, what did I do? So I got fired like uh, three days before the last Super Bowl. Um, I did an analogy here. I wrote it down. I compare it to my entire experience for the last year to riding a bike. Um, I fell off my bike. Well, actually, I was pushed up. No. No, I was hit by a car, run over, backed up, run over again, and then that car just sped off. So, so yeah, I compared to being knocked off your bike. Um, by the way, there's nothing like your first bike. And I looked it up again last night. The, uh, the Canadian Tire Commercial where it's about the, the Canadian Tire, what was, the, what was their book called? The Wish Book? Canadian Tire Wish Book? 
And he's like, I remember I got the wish book and uh, I wanted that bike. So the kid cuts the picture of the bike out. Oh man, I'm going to cry talking about it. I cry at a lot. I'm a crier. And then he's like, I couldn't ask my dad and they show the dad working in the field. Oh man, I can't believe Okay, oh, I got to keep it in. And then he goes, and then one day I'll just sum it up. The dad's like, hey, I need you to help me with some new tires. And then, God, takes the bike out of the back of the truck. The bike that the kid, this is a freaking Canadian tire commercial, people. And he's like, if I only saw the look in my eyes when I saw that bike. I'm like, how Canadian Tire bring that commercial back? Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, my analogy. I fell off my bike. I was hit. Would have, I, I could have lay there in the ditch and said, F it. Uh, I don't want to ride that bike again. Riding bike sucks. Nope, not for me. She could have said, screw it. They win. I'm done. Done riding bikes. Bikes are for dummies. Um, but I didn't do that. I uh, wiped away the tears like I literally just did right now. I uh, cleaned the mud off myself. Um, uh, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I didn't become bitter and jaded and just hate the people that let me go after we created something so amazing. Um, because I got back on that bike and, um, because there's nothing like, and I'm actually talking about a bike ride. That moment, you're you're riding with your kids, sun on your face, the wind in your hair. Just the the sound of the neighborhood on a warm summer night. It feels like a dream. And then you think Imagine I didn't get back on the bike. And I just sat in the ditch because that's where they pushed me. So, yeah. Um, life isn't all perfect bike rides. And, yeah, like after, after today, tomorrow, next week, I'll hit a puddle. Lots of them. You'll get flat tires. Hell, I went on a bike ride. My buddy Steve Webb and I, we did an Alzheimer's ride from Long Island to uh, Peterborough. 
this is in 2010 and um i i fell over in front of pat lafonte <laughs> highlander is great if you've ever ridden with bike clips trying to get your bike shoes into bike clips and if you've never done it it's really hard i could have literally said f this and just stop riding there but i got back on that bike literally um so yeah, it sucks. You're going to fall off your bike. It's what you do when you fall off. Because it'll all be worth it. You'll be riding your bike on a random Tuesday. Or heck, you'll be walking down the street and it just all clicks. Everything is right. And you'll say, holy these moments they're there you're smiling for no reason those mundane moments you cherish they become memories and guess what you find out it's easier getting back on the bike you see what's possible those mud puddles those flat tires that used to ruin your day You'll literally start laughing about them. You'll laugh them off. <laughs> Flat tire used to mean your morning was shot. No, not anymore. It would ruin your day. Maybe it'll ruin five minutes. Because you know those moments that you experience, they can't be bought. And those pop moments keep popping up more. <laughs> you find joy for no reason and guess what it's free and man i do love riding a bike in the literal sense put that in my veins my daughters and i pretty much every summer night we just go ride and those moments oh put that in my veins just just put it in my veins Oh, Whew. okay. Got through my analogy. Did not expect that. Uh, I think it's time we had our first guest. A good friend of the podcast, and I'm going to get WD-40 for this chair. And now we welcome our first ever guest to the Boomsies podcast. Longtime friend. Former co-worker, live from Los Angeles, Mr. Jim Pearl. Ooh, yay. What an introduction. Thank you, Dan. What a, uh, I could say the same thing about you, except I put the word gentleman in there a lot more. That's who you are, gentleman. It's great to see your just... face because usually we only uh, converse on the telephone because you have a landline, Ooh. no cellular yeah. phone, just a landline. No. Yeah, and actually, this whole operation is um, way beyond my tech knowledge, and uh, so that's how that's going, you know. So, Jim, you're surviving oh. the pandemic. Uh, first ever guest on the Boomsies podcast. Did you think your life would ever turn out like this? I, I no, I've been blessed, you know, and. Uh, Geez, just the idea of podcast just is amazing. You know, you're going to be the the talk of the town, Dan. 
If this gets around, you're nothing but gold. Thanks, and, buddy. Um, thank you for letting me be a part of it, really. Um, True. I should describe um, our relationship. Uh, as I mentioned, you uh, you worked with Jay on our show in uh, L.A. I, I told the people off the top how we, we didn't really find our way there because um, – one show, it was a three-hour show. I, I total up how long Jay and I were on. Of a three-hour show, we were on for 10 minutes total. So I'm like, yeah, this, I don't think this is going to work out. Uh, but yeah. we, we gave it our college try. I thought you guys were great. I thought, you know, the, the, the brains behind television, uh, I don't think listen to each other. And so... It was a hybrid show, and I've been told that hybrid shows don't work anymore. So, why they did it? They should have just done your show. But you worked on a hybrid to do a show. Panel show. You worked on yeah. Best Damn, and they kind of loosely based it upon that, correct? Ugh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that you know again, and it was pointed out to me by an ex partner of yours that. Even though Best Damn was kind of like a big deal at, at Fox, that little Fox station, it really wasn't a big deal. They hardly had a blip on the radar. So uh, that was their big claim to fame before you guys showed up. So, yeah. When the, and, um, when the famous, donkey, it, when the famous uh -huh. donkey, donkey incident where Charles Barkley kissed the donkey, were you there for that? Um, no. I might not know why my phone's ringing. That's probably an obscene phone call coming in right now. You want to watch? Yeah, let's hear you. Uh, you can answer it if you want. No, no, I don't think I do. God, this is very bad. So anyway, uh, no, I wasn't there for Barkley. Yeah. And I wasn't there for a lot of things because I've worked three days there. I think they taped five days for the first year anyway. And um, so that didn't. You know, I missed some shows because I was doing the news on the weekend, which was really a lot of fun. That was my annuity job. I knew the news would never cancel. I knew Best Damn at some point is going to go away, which it did. And so, but I always had two days of working the news, you know, so that was like a deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is so exciting. Well, Jim, our bonding experience, I think, took place in the Fox lot when we were waiting to shoot something one day and we saw a golf cart because we worked on it. It was like a, a movie lot yeah. that you see in the movies. And there was a golf yeah. cart sitting there and you're like, you want to go for a ride? And I'm like, are we allowed? You're like, I don't give a f And then we just drove around <laughs> the lot for like an hour. We did have, we did that a few times, I think. Yes. Yeah, I do. That was one of the better, better moments over there, you know? Um, I actually had a good time with your show is particularly because they hired a lot of young new people, probably their first job. This is actually going to be my last job. And they were all very cool to me, all very nice to me. All the young people that had to log in all those shows and all that. You see that big room. Of, oh, my God. Disgusting. And uh, there they are all sitting there. Shoulder to shoulder, logging in, you know, games all over the country. And then they got fired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everyone there got fired. Um, and everyone got fired. And then you but, and I. But they were nice, great people, actually. I thought, in general, like our friend Libby, that used to come up there. Kyle and, Libby, yep. And um, Anna, 
there's a girl named Anna. I can't remember all their names, but they were all cute and, and all very cool. Yeah. Uh, Libby right. still works there. That, that's my memory of that. Thing. Um, anyone that worked on our show is going to gone. I think any on air people, uh, Jay and I were the last to remain. Cause, uh, we worked on a show with Andy Roddick, uh, Gary Payton, Ibram Salam. Um, uh, uh, get the other people who else was on that show, Tim. Uh, oh, Donovan McNabb. Yes. So one of my, the, <laughs> we did a lot of fun things. I did a lot of fun things with you guys, right? During that thing. But yep. one of the funniest things was <laughs> we're in the prop room. I think I'm take asleep. Yes. Right. And my coworker comes in and goes, Hey, somebody spilled water on the table. I think Papadakis or whatever. Petros. Petros. Oh, okay. So I get up along with Shap, and we go out there to clean the water up, thinking they're in a break. But they're not in a break. They're just doing a tape, you know, and we're like, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And they come back, and we're just like sitting there cleaning up the table. And uh, I have no idea because I've been napping. And uh, <laughs> Donovan goes, well, how's it going, Pearl? And I go, yeah, hey, <laughs> we do this whole thing out there. I laugh at that more than anything when I think like, how stupid we were, you know, me and my fellow stagehand. Did they leave that it in the show? Fun. Did they leave that tape segment? I think they left it in. It was live, I think, at that time. Maybe yeah. they, I don't know if they went back. Because at that point, we were probably like, no one's watching. I, I remember you they, know, Here's they, another thing about that. You yeah. know, I did a bunch of segments for you guys or whatever. No one ever said anything to me that. <laughs> That wasn't in that building. <laughs> what you think about that? You know, oh, I've lived here for 20, 30 years. <laughs> hey, I saw you on this. No, nobody ever did that. The only time that ever did happen was, now dig this. We were just talking about we, your show in Vancouver. I went up to see your show yep. in Vancouver. And you were lucky, or I was lucky enough. You, you brought me on stage. I said hello and blah, blah, blah. The next morning, I had to take like a six o'clock flight. I'm over at that airport like at four o'clock on some little tram. And a guy goes, hey, love the show. Now. <laughs> I <don't> what? <laughs> anyway, that's that was it. That was my recognition. I never outside of that building. Those people knew what was going on. But outside of that building, nobody ever said anything, which I thought well. Was Here's, here's where I knew we were in trouble when one day I showed up at work and I and I had some business cards on my desk. And I'm like, I, do people still use business cards? So they're like, no, no, flip it over. And it had a listing of where to find Fox Sports One on all the cable subscribers. So they're like, yeah, when you go to a bar, say, hey, can you put it on Fox Sports One? I'm like, that's our game plan to hope they put it on the channel and don't change it. <laughs> we. Yeah, that's pretty weak. We we yeah. hope we hope people put it on when they're napping, and then they just forget about it. <laughs> we were uh, we were the Ron Popeil of TV shows. Set it and forget it. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, but that was uh, yeah, it, it was what it was. You know, I thought those guys were all very nice too. Adney Roddick and, and Donovan McNabb and Gary Payton and, and Carissa. They were all cool. They were all, you know, that was fine. They and, were great. You know. Again, nothing but great memories. Uh, so we came back to Canada and then 
you and I continued our friendship. And one time we just said, uh, why don't we go to Amsterdam? And we did. And before, again, you have no cell phone. So this was new territory. We met up in Amsterdam. I didn't hear from you for a week because you were traveling around other parts of Europe. So we just had to do it like the old days and say, we'll meet at the hotel on such and such day. And then one day I got a knock on my door and it was Jim Pearl. It all worked out. Well, I, I find it funny that uh, you had any doubt with that. You know, that's how most civilization made it through till like 2000 or 1990 anyway. And it, so, it it almost made it, it more work. magical because you aren't texting like, oh, where are you? Oh, did you land safely? It's just like, I'm here. Right. You don't need all that. No. You know, I uh, actually, before I got to Amsterdam, I met this couple and, a, and their friend at a restaurant, all Americans, all living from Los Angeles, which is weird. And they were doing some kind of deal with a record company. Anyway. I told him I didn't have a cell phone. This one guy, he he couldn't, he actually was dumbfounded by it. He could not, you know, he just afraid he could not grasp that. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, and here's since we're on this subject, one of my complaints about London, it was beautiful. London is amazing. Great place. City. Can't you know, it's crowded in the summer. Not a problem. Not that crowded, but pretty crowded. But what makes it is everybody has their face in a cell phone so they're not really moving too good and they're expecting you to get around them Mm -hmm. and after about a week of that he's like that throttle somewhere yeah anyway that's kind of like society in general jim but you know you do the same thing we got to amsterdam you use your phone to move around but the thing is in amsterdam there wasn't crowds like there was you know, you didn't, if you stop, you weren't going to like a big, you know, surge of people, you know, in back of you stopping, right? No, it was bicycles. If you don't have your head yeah. on a swivel in Amsterdam, you will get hit by a cyclist. Yeah. And, and that lady that did get, <laughs> we helped out, remember? Yep. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, so Jim and I were walking back to our hotel one night. It's probably, it's late, but, uh. Again, we weren't there peak travel season, so it was like 11, and the streets were barren. Like, we were not staying in the center of Amsterdam. So we were just walking back, and then this lady hit a curb, and she's lying there. So we race up. We're like, are you okay? And I think she thought we were there to mug her, because she's like, ah, oh! So we're like, we're just trying to help here. She wanted no, no. part of our help. Yeah, no, nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. You go away now. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> she didn't look that okay. No, she was mangled. Um, and Jim, you and I agreed. I don't want to put you on the spot, but we both kind of came to the realization, Amsterdam, it's one of the few cities I've been to. Where I'm like, uh, it did not live up to the hype for me. Well, a lot of the hype has to do with you can smoke weed there. Correct. Well, you can pretty much smoke weed anywhere now. Yes. Which that was a big deal back in 1980, I guess, mm-hmm. or 70. And, uh, but it's not a big deal there. Uh, I, I, have, I have a lot of respect for the Dutch people or whatever. 
if they don't want to deal with us, I don't blame them because you're really over there to smoke weed and you know, see prostitutes. So it's not like you're somebody I want to know anyway, right? I guess. I smoke weed. I love prostitutes. I don't know what they're <laughs> And so I, whenever you, know, you see, would see a local in the restaurant, you're like, they don't want us here. They don't like us. Yeah, you get it kind of, yeah, they're not the, the friendliest, you know? But I think that's a little bit of, of uh, our culture of, uh, I don't know, America. But you're not, a, you're a North American. I am a North American. So, and we uh, almost left Amsterdam, having been the first tourist not to be able to find the red light district. Because we're like, well, we aren't going to get prostitutes, <laughs> but we have to go see what this is about. And then we took like five feet. So it's just a bunch of alleyways and women standing in windows. And we were like, this is creepy as hell. You just feel bad for the the sex workers. And we we took a peek and got the hell out of there. But we didn't want to stop someone and say, hey, where's the red light district? Right, right. We right. found it ourselves after like two days. Yeah. After 14 miles of walking around. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I came across it. Wow. You guys. What a bunch of boobs. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I was, you know, it is what it is. And and um, I'm glad I went. Mm-hmm. There were some cool things. The the boat ride, come on. Can't get better than that. That's right. You Having and I an took a, a sunset boat Amsterdam ride Canal. through the Amsterdam canals. And on the said boat ride, we saw a poster for Neil Young live in Amsterdam. It was that night. The concert started at eight. We looked at our watches. It was seven fifty. We're like, well, two problems. We're on a boat and the concert starts in 10 minutes. We didn't make it. We didn't make it. it. No. Although I have to say, and and I know things have changed, but that's when you, you uh, made money off the boat ride because it was um, like 20 bucks, but you could drink all the beer you wanted to. Well, and then you run into a problem when you're you're swilling Heineken's. Then you're like, I'm on a boat. How do I pee? Well, that's how, why the canal never never loses it. <laughs> that's right. Always at full time. Jim Pearl. What a legend. I don't know if the Zoom call cut off or not, but I was showing a note that he left me here. We will always have Amsterdam. On a piece of paper. Just a great guy. He and I will uh we'll talk once or twice a week and just uh kibitz. Just laugh our uh laugh our arses off. Um so yeah, before I called uh, Jim, just to recap what I've done in the, the last year, I uh took the year off. Kind of was told to. You can't do anything. So I did uh, a project on Instagram called Instagram uh, called Danitized, in which I told Canadian companies that are affected by the pandemic, if you got a product, send it to me. I'll promote it for free. Again, I shouldn't focus on the negativity, but people would be like, oh, must be nice getting all that money. No, I didn't. I didn't take a single penny from people. My daughter's act asked me a question the other night. They're like, what were your favorite Danitized products? And I said, I love them all. Um, uh, I did a protein powder, uh, Epic. Use it every day. Uh, 
um, natural deodorant, the Free Spirit Company. I use it every day. My mom uses it. My daughters use it. It's amazing. Uh, Shumka dust at a Thunder Bay. Use that when I'm cooking all the time. Uh, this hockey stick, the dangler behind me. It's a hockey stick fishing rod all the time. I, I wear sweaters that I was sent by the Danitized people all the time. I use a Danitized product every single day of my life. There are so many great Canadian companies. I'm glad I got to be a part of that. And I, I'm glad I got to showcase them. I hope you try by Canadian. Um, my oldest daughter had a, a project the other day she had to do in high school um, in which she had to find the origins of products where they started. And, and uh, hang on, phone call coming in there. I cut that off. That was my lawyer calling. Wish I was kidding. I'm not. Um, and she had to find the origin of where these products came from. And she said to me, she goes, we have a lot of products that are from Canada. I'm like, that's perfect. Buy local, support local. Um, I also golfed a lot. I became a member at the Peterborough Golf and Country Club because I had the summer off and my mom's like, uh, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. She said, uh, well, why don't you golf? She bought me a membership. My mom bought me a golf membership. I'm 46. And it was awesome. I had not been a golf member at a course since I was a junior member at Pinecrest, a little uh, golf course uh, that was very close to where I grew up. And I loved every second of it. I'd show up at the course in my hometown. And every time I showed up, I'd see someone that I hadn't seen in 20 years. Or golf with someone who knew someone who worked with my dad or knew someone who worked with my brother or I went to school with. And um, I, I, I say I golfed a lot. I golfed 27 rounds, which is the most I've golfed in 10 years. And how did I do? My handicap went up on the last day of golf. On my final round of golf, it went up. So I suck. I don't care, though. Because I, I used to get upset when I golfed and like swear and stuff. And then I realized later in life, I'm like, no one cares. As long as you, you keep up with the group you're playing with, you don't hold anyone back. You have fun. No one cares about your score, but you. So go have fun. Last round I played with my buddy, George, Georgie boy. Uh, our course closed on October 31st. So daylight fading. You're trying to get 18 in. It was October 29th. We pull up. We've got toques on and sweaters and see this older gentleman hanging around. And like, eh, you have a one o'clock tea time? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, looks like you're with me. I'm like, oh, okay. You get out much? He goes, this is my first round of the year. Ah, uh, golf ends in two days. It's like, but it's free with curling because they have a curling rink attached to the, the golf course. I'm like, okay, strange time to take up golf two days before the course shuts down, but you do you. Uh, and then we realized we were in for a long round. The first tee. He steps up. He's got like, he's got mobility. 
Um, but as soon as he makes contact with the ball, he says, don't say it. I don't, I don't know where it is. I'm like, so every shot we had to be laser eyes. As soon as he, I don't know where it is. I'm like, oh my, either he has bad eyesight or he's brilliant because he's like, I don't want to look for this ball. I got this far in life. You two bozos look for it. So that was the day my, my, my handicap went up on the final round of the season. So that's what I did. And now we're here at Boomsies. That uh, was a recap of the past year. Um, this podcast is going to touch upon whatever we feel like touching. Poor choice of words. Whatever we feel like discussing. So I said to Andrew and Tim, I'm like, uh, guys, uh, give me a handy list of things to talk about. So uh, it's my sheet of papers here. I, I got, okay, where is it? Oh, here we go. So here are the news topics that Andrew sent me. Wordle. I said, what's this Wordle that everyone's sending out on uh, social media? It's a simple word game that's got one puzzle, same for everyone to play daily. I, I tried it. I, I didn't get a score. So I don't know if I did it wrong. Wordle, you're done. He also brought up that Arby's bought Buffalo Wild Wings. If you follow me on social media, you'll see that I tweeted out the other day that I had Arby's for the first time in probably 10 years. I got the beef and cheddar with curly fries and a root beer. Let me tell you, Arby's does not sponsor this podcast, but it was fantastic. I inhaled that beef and cheddar. Curly fries always bang. Root beer. I don't know what they do with the root beer, but it's better than everyone else's. It tastes like root beer. So Arby's. And I said that. I said, way to hang in there. Because no one ever says, let's go to Arby's. No one has ever said that to me. Although, my brother's wife, on their wedding day, while everyone had the, the roast beef dinner at the wedding, her wish was to have Arby's on her wedding day. She got it. They're still married. Arby's on your wedding day. Long marriage. So they bought Buffalo Wild Wing for $2.4 billion. And they formed a new company. So it's Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wing, make up Inspire Brands. And there was one more restaurant in that grouping that came with the purchase. It was called R Taco. And I'm like, that is the worst name for a restaurant chain in the history of the world. And then I did some research. R Taco. Is Rusty Taco. They changed it back to Rusty Taco because our taco made no sense. Our taco, now Rusty Taco, has 27 locations in the chain. The closest one, I believe, is in Ohio for you Canadians listening. I say Rusty Taco, run with it. Brilliant. Because right now there's only Taco Bell as a taco chain in Canada. 
Canada, we're ready for some rusty taco. Again, I wanted to keep this a family-friendly uh, podcast. I'm just going to leave it at Rusty Taco. I... It was named after a guy named Rusty. I can tell you that. The founder is Russell Rusty Fenton. That's all your news. That was all the news they gave him. Oh, no, there was more here. Yeah. BMW car that changes its color. That's hypercolor. So BMW is now making hypercolor cars. Hypercolor, that's coming back because uh, tie dye, that's back. Podcasts are the new radio. There's so many streaming services. It's the same as having cable now. We're we're back to where we're everything old is new again. Someone has to put all the streaming services together because it's out of control. If someone says, hey, you should watch uh, Rusty Taco on, uh, it's a great series. And you're like, where is it? So you have to now Google, where is Rusty Taco in Canada? Probably don't want to Google that. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to show up. Bring you somewhere you don't want to go. Or maybe you do want to go there. I don't know. But um, someone needs to amalgamate. That's going to be the next app. All your streaming services in one place, which they kind of are if you have a smart TV. You just have to click on them. But I want a one-stop shop, baby. I want a shopping mall of streaming services. I want to go to Lansdowne Place and pick and choose where I want to go. I don't want to have to leave Lansdowne Place and go to Peterborough Square. You will get these references if you're from my hometown of Peterborough, Ontario. Peterborough Square, very creepy place. Very creepy. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be back with uh, one of these a week. Yeah, we got the nod. Um, can I give out the email address? Oh, okay. Here's the email address for your thoughts, questions, comments, whatever you want to send us. It's yeah. Let's talk at gmail.com. For all your concerns, it's a great way to start a conversation. Yeah, let's talk at gmail.com. I will get those emails and I will read your comments. You're having a bad day. You uh, want something discussed on the podcast. You want a guest on here. You have um, a love for Monchi Cheese, which is behind me on the set. You really like Garth Orch. Maybe you are Garth Orch, who's on display on our podcast set. Email us at yeah, let's talk. Y-A. Y-A-L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K. So it's yeah, let's talk. Y-A, let's talk at gmail.com. Great way to get things rolling to get your feedback. Thank you for the outpouring support uh, when we sent out the teaser that we were doing a podcast. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Um, Sorry for getting all emotional there. As I said, I was a crier. Thank God I didn't show the Sidney Crosby uh, Timbits hockey commercial where he says, hey, wouldn't it be great to do something that you love every day? I bring that up. I cry every time I watch it. Uh, watch that Canadian Tire commercial. Be good to yourself. Be 
be good to your friends, be good to your family. We're in a pandemic. We're all in this together. No one wants it to go on. Everyone wants it to be over. We all just want to get back to normal. And the only way to do that is to all listen to the same podcast. And that podcast is Boomsies. We'll see you next week.